0: This is a Lawful Stupid RPG production. Hello, this is Manto, and my success in the Gwynied Fighting Pits have blessed us with a Kraken Dice sponsorship. Go to www.krakendice.com and use code GETSTUPID for 15% off. Now, I must find my best friend Blip before she gets herself in trouble again with that bloody pig.
1: Hail and well met, and welcome to Dragonlance, Echoes of Kryn, Dragons of the Hidden Flood, a D&D podcast presented by Lawful Stupid RPG. This podcast is an actual game of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, played by a group of friends, professional performers, and voice actors with a passion for role-playing, improvisational storytelling, and dice rolling. We'll begin in just a moment, but first, our players.
2: Hello, I'm Jade, and I'm one of the founders of Lawful Stupid RPG. I've been a huge Dragonlance fan since the beginning, and producing this podcast has been a dream come true for me. I will be playing the dwarf of the party named Farin, and I hope the stories we tell sparkle in your hearts like the brightest gems Rilk's ever dreamed of.
3: I am Panda, I am a Twitch streamer who goes by the username
4: Panda, and I'm playing Teely Tumblewood, your resident kender who will try only a little bit not to annoy you.
5: Howdy, my name is Samus. I am a professional opera singer, and I am playing the mysterious and slightly grumpy one-armed archer who calls himself Onweir.
6: Hello, I am Chael, and I am not an opera singer. And I will be playing Blip with her awesome animal companion, Dinner. The amazing Barbarian duo.
7: Greetings, I'm Chops. I'm a Vegas showman as well as a ghost hunter. And I'll be playing Lhasa, a half-elven wizard who will prove his worth to the world.
0: Hello, I am Lindsay Rousseau. I am a voice actor and host of the rollout on YouTube. And I am playing Manto Bubulina, who has a dark secret that only my best friend Blip knows.
1: And I'm Mr Eager DM. I'm here to guide and to follow. Now I invite you all to step with me into fantasy, and for our time together, let imagination rule. Last time Lasa, Farron and Anweir. Having dined with Emperor Reddick and several noble guests, made their way to the Teatro Spire to attend an operatic performance of The Champions of the Lance. Backstage at the Teatro Spire, after Blip and her pet pig dinner were sent to the nearby stables, Teely and Manto prepared to learn more about what was expected of them as last minute performers in the opera. Inside the Teatro spire, the very first things that you see are just the wide variety of different people running to and fro. You see some that are clearly in costumes, some that are carrying costumes, some that appear to be dancers, some that appear to be members of a chorus. There is a great deal of pandemonium. You are led to a relatively quiet corner of this backstage area. The large blue curtain is drawn in front of you. And as of yet, there is no sound of any audience on the other side of it. But as you go to this quiet corner with Berenzi Victo, he uh, makes a motion and a stagehand comes running over with a series of different garments and begins to measure the two of you and show various things. Barenzi looks and says, I think the green tunic and the sheepskin vest for our tassel hood and, of course, for our storm big blade, the plate armor. You look and see, there is indeed a set of what appears to be plate armor. Although, as soon as you touch it, Banto, it is clearly just stiffened cloth.
0: Um, this is very interesting craftsmanship. I pick it up and I'm not sure how many swords it would stop, but it it does look realistic.
1: Ah, well, it is theater and we want you to be comfortable while performing as best we can at any rate. There is, of course, this shield. I believe it is actually iron or perhaps steel. Try it out.
0: I will take the shield, and since my father was an armorer, I will very carefully inspect this shield. In looking at it, does it look like good, high-quality fighting material?
1: Well, make a perception check.
0: Alrighty. Ooh, that is a very good roll. Twenty-two.
1: Well, immediately putting it on your arm, you can tell it is, in fact... Real steel has the weight that you would expect. It Seems to be old, but in perfectly good condition, regardless. There's a few dents and dings in it, which, based on your experience, you think are actually evidence of battle damage. Most notably, on the front of it, there is a worn but still visible image of a bird in flight clutching a sword in its talons, with a crown over its head. This is the symbol of the Knights of Solemnia.
5: Upon
0: seeing the, the the symbol, having, you know, looked at the bag and then turning it over and seeing the symbol, I give a small gasp. This is no prop. This actually belonged to a knight and from what I can tell, has been used previously in battles. Where did you come across such an item?
1: Um, I'm not particularly aware of the details. Is it important?
0: No, I am just admiring the craftsmanship and the authenticity to which you are ensuring embodies this performance. And you see a, a glint in his eye as he is saying this.
4: That sounds awesome. Can I take a look?
0: Yes, of course, and she will hold it out to you, though I imagine it is much bigger than you are.
4: Yeah, I I
3: reach out my arms and try and take a hold of this thing as it just clanks to the ground, as I cannot support its weight at all. But I just stick my face really close to it as if I'm examining every single mark,
4: and... Wow, this is really, really cool. That's awesome. Do I get anything like this? I know I get a green tunic, which is great because I'll bring up my eyes, but do I get any kind of like weapon thing? I mean, I have a hoopak. Would you like me to use
1: that? We have a stick for you. If you prefer to use your own, I don't think it really matters.
0: Oh, can I see the stick? And do you have a sword?
1: He shrugs and nods at both of you and makes another motion with his hand and another stage hand comes over and drops off some prop weapons, the stick that was to be used as Tasselhood's weapon during this performance. You look at it, it is completely wrong. There's no elegance to it. There's no usefulness to it. Doesn't even have a metal tip. And the top of it has three prongs as opposed to two, completely useless as a sling. Um, uh,
4: uh, okay. Uh, uh, um, Mantle, was it, right? Yes, indeed. Is there anything cool about this? Because I don't think it's very cool.
0: It looks like a weirdly designed stick to me. I'm not sure what sort of martial properties it has, besides, you know, an old housewife swiping her husband with it.
4: Yeah, okay, I don't like... I'm going to use my own hoop pack, thank you, It's more accurate. Um, and if you'd like, I mean, I could talk to the person who designed it, because they got it completely wrong, and they are
1: dumb... Hmm, I'll look into it. And he looks at you, Manto, and looks at the shield. Authentic, you say? That's good someone did their job.
0: And you said they bring a sword out as well, but it's a prop sword?
1: Yes, it is a ridiculously large sword. Looking at it, you can't believe that it is made of metal. And indeed, when you pick it up, it appears to be wooden It is designed and painted to look like metal, but this is a very big sword, which you suppose would be appropriate for someone named Big Blade, but just oversized and completely unwieldy as a weapon, but it might look good on stage.
0: I take the sword and do some swipes, getting used to its extreme length but being very proficient in a wide variety of blades, I quickly figure out where its balance is and how best to manipulate it. As you swing, I am just running over to where
3: it lands as if you're hitting
4: me. Ah, you got me. Oh, okay, let's do it again, it's fine, I like this.
1: Uh, no, 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 uh, miss, it was teely right?
4: It was indeed, yes.
1: I have... Someone to introduce you to, please follow me.
4: Ooh, okay.
1: Berenzi leads you over to another part of the backstage area that has a man sitting on a stool, surrounded by individuals who have a variety of instruments, and he is speaking to them and making gestures to bits and pieces of paper that they have that they're all looking at intently. He steps up to him and says, <clears throat> Master Saunders, this is our Kenda replacement. The man he speaks to turns very thin, dark-skinned like the rest of the Gothians, but he sits atop this stool, almost perching on it like a hawk or some other bird getting ready to jump off and swoop down, and he looks, as his name is said, he looks over at you with a very quick look and a quick Expression. His face is very drawn and pinched, and his eyes are bright and intense, and there's a little bit of cruelty behind them. And he looks at you and looks at Berenzi It says, An actual tender? Are you insane? Berenzi shrugs his shoulders and says, She can sing, and, well, you cannot blame me for trying to be authentic. This is an important event. And since there is nobody else who is the proper size, then we have what we have. She did sing for me in the prison. It is not a bad voice.
4: I won't let you down, sir.
3: I extend my hand out to shake his.
1: He looks at it and reaches behind him and picks up a piece of paper and shoves it into your hand. Oh. Very well. Sing like this. And he makes a motion and the musicians begin to play. And they play a simple tune that doesn't seem too difficult to learn. But when you hear the words, you are a little dismayed. The instruments begin to play. There are mostly strings. There are a couple that are different sized recorders. There's one very large wooden instrument that has a metal top that curves down and moves to where one would blow into it and then it looks like a, some sort of reed that is stuck into it. And as he blows into it, it creates a, a buzzing sound, which then is reverberated throughout the instrument. And Saunders sings, I'm called little tassel hood born in a nasty wood. And what you have is mine. I steal from the young and old, poor, wealthy, meek, and bold, just like the rest of my kind. With sinister graces, I creep into places to burgle you while you repose. I may look quite innocent, but if you're not vigilant, you'll be robbed from your head to your toes. I'm called little Tasselhood, born in Anna And you see, the rest is just like that. Do you think you can manage it?
3: At the beginning, my face was smiling and I was dancing, and as the song goes on, it just drops. And I look down at the script, and my hand begins to shake in a little bit of frustration. And then
4: I grit my teeth and look back up at him. Yes, I I can do that. That would be great. Did you write this? Yes. You have a way with words, sir. It is an honor to work with you.
1: Hmm. Well, you managed to find a mannered kender, at the very least. Do well, and I'll see to it that you retain your hair.
4: Thank you. Do you have a quill that I could borrow so I can make notes so I can remember how well you sang it and the genius of how well you put this together? Just for my notes.
1: <laughs> make a deception check, Tilly.
3: Okay, I will do so. Oh, I'm not good at that. Not good at that. Uh, pfft, That's an
1: eight. Sorry, we don't have any to spare. And don't go picking them up either. Keep your hands to yourself and then things will go better for you.
4: Okay. Um, I mean, the melody's great and the lyrics, they rhyme. It's good.
1: He's already turned back to the rest of the musicians and is moving on to other parts of this preparation and is ignoring you.
3: I reach in another one of my pouches, more kind of one on the upper surface of the skirt, And just pull out a little small cloth with some like little nuts and almost like trail mix on the inside. And I just drop it where he was originally kind of sat on the bench in case he's hungry. (laughs) All right. And then I go into a corner and begin um, making some mental notes.
1: Very good. All right. As this is happening, Manto, you are putting on this costume. Berenzi is speaking with some other members of the cast. Looks like perhaps a a dancer. And then he comes walking over to you and leans forward. He says, I thought that you were in prison for striking a nobleman's son.
0: It was... misunderstanding the son decided that he wanted to compete against me in the pits and uh, he was a very sore loser and of course in order to save face his uh, father had me arrested
1: he nods it is not an uncommon tale but I have just learned that there was also some seditious rhetoric spoken
0: I was not meaning to be seditious, my lord. I was merely trying to point out the hypocrisy that the
1: nobles. Do you have affiliation to this group, this. Arms of Vinas?
0: I have most certainly heard of them, for word spreads very quickly in the shelf. However, I spend so much time in the pit that I am not personally acquainted with them.
1: Well, just to be on the safe side, make sure you keep your helmet on.
0: Of course, my lord. Can I ask, what is your interest in this group?
1: None whatsoever. It is... Bad to have this sort of lawlessness, Idguinid. Bad for everyone. But there will no doubt be people in the audience who will have at least heard of what has happened, no matter how hard people try to keep it secret. For all I know, Elatu himself might be there. Please keep your helmet on. I would like to introduce you to someone and he brings you over to a gentleman who is seated with his leg outstretched on an ottoman. It's heavily bandaged. He's wearing the typical toga, but on top of that, he's wearing a a robe and then a very elaborate scarf around his neck. His dark skin, like the rest of Ergoth, and very elaborate tattoos on his face. They have sort of teardrop-like motifs that look, With their close to his eyes, like they are in fact tears, but then on the rest of his face, they sort of seem more like rain. He looks up at you as you come walking over and he says, Hi, I'm Ham Tonsus. I understand that you will be walking the part of Storm Big Blade. I will be singing it.
0: It is an honor to meet you, sir.
1: Yes, it is. I... Hope you know your way around armor and making it look effective. I would hate for the beautiful music to be underperformed by some idiot on stage just wailing about.
0: As he says that, I immediately go into a variety of sword flourishes that almost look like a kata that... Adequately demonstrate my extreme skill with a sword, as well as my dexterity.
1: Excellent. I will ask for a roll on this, I think, since you are specifically trying to impress. Let's go ahead and use uh, acrobatics, I think, is going to be the better choice here.
0: Sure. All right, that is a dirty 20.
1: Well, Berenzi steps back and lets you do your thing. And as you conclude, uh, you now understand the benefit of wearing this cloth armor that is designed to look like the real thing as you don't know that you would have been able to do that with quite as much grace and aplomb as you would have if uh, you had been wearing actual steel armor that this is designed to represent. But it's very impressive, and there's a little bit of applause from the group that has stopped to watch you do this. A few stagehands, a few uh, dancers, all of them wearing, uh, the the, uh, the dancers in particular are wearing costumes that's somewhat reminiscent of dragons or, or lizard people. And they all look at you and applaud as you conclude your demonstration. Ham Tonsus looks at you and nods and says, Yes, well, that will do, I suppose. It is uh, a little bit showy, (laughs) but I think the part does call for it. You will serve.
0: Of course, my lord.
1: Berenzi looks at you and nods, and as you walk away, says, yes, excellent. The, uh, The more popular singers do appreciate being treated like the nobility. Well done.
0: Uh, quick question, DM. Have we had any rehearsals at all?
1: No, no. The only rehearsal that you have had is what Teely just had. And you're not expected to sing. So you, you get an understanding that you are supposed to walk on stage. You will probably be pushed and prodded and moved around where you need to go. You need to face the audience and gesture as if you are singing while... Ham Thompson sings backstage.
0: Wondering about any sort of stage combat or fight choreography that needed to be learned in the next five minutes.
1: It looks like that's going to happen on the fly. Great. You can see some of the dancers as they begin to, uh, as they are working on practicing. It does seem to approximate combat. They have swords or weapon like accoutrement with them that uh, they are certainly brandishing about as if they are preparing to fight. You can make an observation to see if you are able to pick up a little bit of it. Perception check, please. Uh,
0: 17.
1: 17, ah, you immediately see the idea behind what it is that they're trying to do. It is on the footwork. As long as you look at the feet, you will be able to keep up with the combat, which will end up being very dance-like apparently. Blip, as you arrive in the stables, you see it's very busy as there are a number of animals that are housed here, but also there are more arriving as various lords and ladies arrive. Some being carried by palanquins, which apparently are being stored here nearby the stables as well bearers relegated to being beasts of burden and so they they tend to congregate where the rest of the beasts of burden are congregating although they seem to be more interested in playing dice games as opposed to being brushed and eating as the rest of the horses do you are taken away from the main group where most of the action is happening in the stables and to an area in the back where Castor points to a plate that has half-eaten food on it. Sitting over in the corner of this room on a stool is a young girl with a long ponytail of luxurious black hair. She looks at you as she is mending a bridle and looks over at Castor and raises an eyebrow. What is that? I think it's a gully dwarf. But honestly, it's more stink than flesh.
6: I, I... I blip. That's dinner. And I point to dinner.
1: The girl giggles.
6: <laughs> I'm brinjia You... You what? And I look really confused at her.
1: My name is Brynjir. Bunger... What? My name... I just... I, I
6: call you Hair.
1: Hair? What do you call him? She points over at Caster.
6: Uh, I reach up and scratch my head. I, I, I don't know. Nothing. Huh.
1: Why is she here, Caster? That man who dresses in those weird fancy clothes over at the He told me that I was to give her a bath
6: Hearing the word bath I glare at him
1: Um Rangia looks at him and looks at you And you know You have beautiful hair Would you like me to comb it?
6: You know You know bath?
1: She looks over at Castor Who shrugs and folds his arms And leans against the wall Of this little room looks at this entire scene, rather bored. She shakes her head and says, no, just, just brushing. And we can do the same for your pet. A nice, hard, bristle scrub. No water, no soap. Just to get off a bit of the bugs.
6: Shift back and forth on my feet and cross my arms cast a glance over at dinner and I look back at her brush only no bath you bath I bonk I point to my bone club strapped to my back
1: interesting I don't know that you would still have your bone club (gasps) given that you were in prison and uh, you certainly wouldn't have been given back any weapons I guess it depends on how obvious it would be that this was in fact a weapon
6: It is a giant femur bone that's taller than me, so that might be a little obvious.
1: All right. So you don't know what has become of your weapon, but you do not currently have it. But uh, I will certainly allow you to have picked up something else that you could use as a club.
6: That's fine. I, I point, forgetting that it's there. Oh, I bonk and I hold up a fist instead.
1: She nods and puts down her work and goes over to an empty bucket and pulls up a brush. And she says, can you have your pig sit?
6: I turn to dinner. Dinner, sit. (laughs)
1: Looks at you stubbornly. Eyes sort of narrow.
6: I narrow my eyes back at him. Dinner. I lean forward, point my finger
1: Make an anal handling check.
6: Boy, we about to get into it. <laughs> a 14.
1: A 14. Looks at you, holds the beat for a moment, cocks his head and that. His hindquarters just plop down.
6: That's right. I look back at her. He's sit now.
1: Bryngia nods and smiles. Says, Thank you very much. Would you care? She holds you the brush. Would you like to brush your pet? You
6: say you brush. You brush.
1: I Yes, uh, if that is what you want, I'm happy to happy to do it. As this exchange is going on, Caster huffs and leaves the room, leaving the three of you alone. Ringia begins to brush. Dinner as at first dinner splinches away from the brush. But then as it continues, he sort of relaxes and you can see a expression of sheer delight washes over (laughs) his face as his eyes close and his mouth begins to somewhat open and he makes very satisfied grunts with the steady shh, shh, shh of the brush on his skin. And you see dirt and other things begin to fall off your pet.
6: I've watched this for a few minutes and run my fingers through my thick, matted brown hair and pull. And as I pull, little pieces of mud break away. Huh. Then I'll walk over to the table. I eat now. Yes, please. Help yourself. I start grabbing fistfuls of food and just shoving them into my mouth and food and crumbs just splatter down the front of my clothes.
1: As you're eating, Castor returns and he has in his hands a bucket and he walks over with purpose towards where Brigia is brushing dinner and he dumps a bucket of water onto the pig.
6: No bath! I slam my fist down onto the table.
1: Dinner Begins to squeal and begins to kick around the room. He knocks over the stool. He knocks over the bucket, knocks over the table. The food goes flying and dinner runs out of the stable.
6: Dinner! And I'll take off running after him as fast as I can.
1: All right. So you run out of the stable. You hear Bryngea and Castor yelling at each other behind you as you take out to the street. The sun has begun to set and there are large fat drops of water beginning to fall from the sky as there is a peal of thunder that rings out across the city. As you stare into the darkness, I need you to make a perception check to see if you could see where dinner has gone. Perception
4: checks
1: are not my strong points. It's a three. (laughs) All right. You look one way. You look the other way. You can hear the echo of a pig squealing somewhere close by, but it is bouncing back and forth across the various buildings. And you have no idea which direction dinner has gone.
6: This is going to confuse and anger me. And I stand there and wring my hands and hop up and down as I start to get angrier and angrier. The veins around my face start to bulge and throb and I am going to go into an almost rage like state and screaming, run through anything in my way, just straight ahead.
1: <laughs> All right. Just a random direction, or you literally want to just go straight? Going straight. All right. So straight ahead is going to lead you out of this area near the Triatro Spire and towards some unknown part of this city, a, a part you are far away from the places that you know, you are not even close as you could tell to any sort of sewer or anything that remotely resembles what you have known where you sleep and the the family, the sort of family, I should say, that you have at the Bump Mine. You can uh, look for something like that if you wish.
6: I know the echoes are all around me and, and probably all directions. Does it sound like the echoes are in that direction? Does, if that makes if that makes a sense. Like if you're in an auditorium and you hear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you, you rolled a three. Yeah, I go straight. If you want to try something else, uh, uh, see maybe if you could follow tracks, you're welcome to try that. Or if you want to roll randomly to see if you run in the right direction or if you literally just... We're going to... Let's roll and see. Okay. So roll a d6 for me. Okay.
6: Uh, That is
1: a two. A two. So you begin to run and as the cobblestones flow beneath your feet, you run further and further away from the stable. You leave the shouting of the two youths behind you, and you could still hear the echoing squeals of dinner, but they sound like they're getting further away and also a little bit distressed.
6: I will probably, I'm in a blind rage, so I'm not going to stop my momentum. I am just going to shift in the nearest direction of where I think I hear the squeals coming
1: from. All right, roll another d6. That is a three. A three. As you shift, just sort of running around, you seem to be making a large arcing circle. Uh, What is your passive perception, Blip?
6: (laughs) Do I even (laughs) have one?
1: (laughs) Give a little bit of a laugh here.
6: Uh, Nine, passive perception.
1: Nine. Yeah, you are just running blindly. The rain is beginning to fall. I imagine there might be a couple tears beginning to well up. You seem to be getting that bath, whether or not you wanted it. You still have no idea where dinner could be. Running in a random direction doesn't seem to be working.
6: If I'm not getting any closer to the sounds of my poor screaming pig, I will eventually start to slow because I will be running out of energy and panting heavily. I will just throw myself down in the street. I'll kick and scream for a few minutes and then lift my face back up. Where's my dinner?
1: (laughs) Oh dear. Here in the street, you see water beginning to pool from the rain. It is running off the street to the curb, flowing along the side of the street. And you can see there is a somewhat, a a barely arcing bricked arch on the edge of the street where water is beginning to flow into a sewer.
6: I'll sit up and push myself off the ground and wipe the, the mud and tears from my face. I go, I go sewer. I'd nod like I think this is a good plan, and I head towards the sewer and try to climb
1: down. All right. You're able to slip into it without any difficulty. You climb down the
5: short ladder
1: that leads from this entry access point into a roughly tubular or arched ceiling looks like the top of this particular sewer has been paved, covered with stones. The bottom of it doesn't seem to have been given that much care. It is muddy and more of a slope as opposed to a ledge, but at the moment, there's not too much water in it as the rain has just begun. But as you step in, take a few steps, you see lying on the ground a humanoid figure Not moving.
6: Take a deep sniffle and wipe my nose and as I pull it away, there's strings of mucus and snot and I shake my hand and it flies off and lands on the ground with a splat. I cautiously approach the humanoid and give it a few kicks with my foot.
1: There's a groan. (laughs)
6: I kick it again.
1: Ah uh, stop
6: kicking me. Where's my dinner? What what you
1: uh, must warn the Emperor Attack Danger Theatre uh. As this fellow who, as you kick, you realize is wearing the same sort of armor that you've seen a lot of the humans who walk around looking very important and strong. You have been told specifically to avoid them, and they are some of the ones who arrested you and have been guarding you ever since the event at the Bump Mine where uh, you were arrested. This appears to be a similarly dressed individual.
6: You took dinner. I don't tell no one nothing. You took dinner. You give you you bring back.
1: Danger at the theater. Must warn.
6: Blip doesn't know what a theater is.
1: <laughs> that's that's fine.
6: You 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 see dinner. He run. I gave him another kick.
1: He groans again and then lies still. At that moment, you hear echoing from further down the sewer, the sounds of a squealing pig.
6: <gasps> Dinner! I give him another good kick for good measure and take off through, them, through any mud and muck towards the sound.
1: You splash down the sewer towards the sound of your squealing pig. Lhasa, Farron, Anwyr. The front of this building, as I described before, is square with columns and many large doors that allow many people to enter or exit at once. And you see people moving in with a little bit of haste as they try to get out of the impending rain. And as you all step out, there is a clearing of space between where you are and the front of the theater spire as guards move to allow the emperor and his party clear access into the theater. And you all step out and inside. The theater itself is very lavish. It is built mostly of stone, although you can see that the floors and most of the paneling for the walls is made of wood, but it is Actually, you know, Farron, as a dwarf, uh, I would like you to make a mm, perception check with advantage.
2: With advantage? Okay.
1: Yes. Oh, God. Oh, that's better.
2: Uh, I rolled a 2 and a 17,
1: which turns
2: into a 22.
1: A 22. So, looking at this structure, you can tell immediately that it is old. Or at least the stonework is old. It is a beautiful orange marble with flecks and striations of gold inside of the, the stone The huge slabs or mason stones make up the walls and the columns. And most of the structure that keeps the large spire that is now above you like a huge vaulted ceiling. You can see the interior of this, this pyramid that sticks up above you as you come in. It appears to be dwarven make, as far as you can tell. It would be very unusual to see this sort of accuracy in stonework from anyone any the other race on Kryn, but very old. It looks like something that is perhaps pre-cataclysm that has then been added onto in the interior with wooden and plaster to create various different spaces inside.
2: I take it all in and marvel at the grandiose of it Uh, obviously clearly knowing it's a Dwarven make who am I traveling with
1: you are with the group that you were eating dinner with for the most part you could see Anwir and Lhasa the emperor the empress their daughter Vatia Jarvan is not anywhere to be seen I've not seen him since dinner
2: I give Lhasa a nudge in the ribs with my elbow that
7: boy Dwarven Mike oh um, <clears throat> y- yes y- is it truly Cult is well yes i i do suppose your eyes would be best when do you suppose they they made it
2: I would have said before the cataclysm oh truly yes sir A miracle that it survived, I'd say.
7: And quite an honour for us to be in the presence of it. I I mean, I, I never expected to get such a close look at dwarven architecture. Not here. Not by any means.
2: Well, we used to be very, very friendly with the Ergothians. I mean, obviously, if you can imagine, when the capital country split in half, you would have think it would have torn down most of the actual structures.
7: Yes, uh... A, a testament to the worksmanship here.
2: Yeah, well, yes, yeah, nice for you to see. <laughs> I thought I'd give you a little bit of knowledge.
7: Thank you. I will always take any knowledge you can provide. And if there is any way I could do the same for you. Although...
2: Oh, you can let me know when we see some Elven infrastructure. I probably know it is anyway. Uh, for... People for... I see trees and... Lots of trees, I would have guessed.
7: Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, although I, I did wish to comment on something you mentioned during dinner. Are, are you, you, you... You truly are a cleric, then?
2: I don't exactly want to tell everyone on Kryn. Obviously, they're very, very rare. And I pull out from my toga a symbol... Which represents a silver griffin wing. Oh, this is this is my my my, my amulet of Shinari.
7: Was it uh, of special importance, or, or perhaps you, you made it yourself? I've heard tales of such things. I was I was gifted
2: this one obviously we had some old broken relics so this one this one was my wife's and uh it, it was repaired and given to me
7: oh um, how
2: uh, how how did it become damaged through ages when the gods well when when the humans mainly Thought that the gods abandoned us. A lot of the amulets were lost or broken. Destroyed. With the anger. Yes. A lot of people were angry with the gods.
7: I see. But uh, a splendid gift from your wife, then. I... I have a... A token. Not... None from a wife. I have none. But... uh, My mother did give me this. My... Show the necklace which hangs about my neck.
2: Oh, very pretty. I
7: examine it thoroughly. Is it of gems? It is of a silver knotwork. It has a silver chain and has a single uh, green gem in the center. Uh, Your eyes would likely notice very easily. It is not of elven make. It's interesting. (laughs) I'm
2: a jewelsmith. By trade, uh, this is very, very pretty. Uh, who made it? It's obviously clearly not the elves.
7: Hmm. Well, I can't honestly say who made it. Um, my father. It was the only thing that he gave me of my mother. I tried often to speak with him, but uh, it was not a subject that he could tolerate. No,
2: I'm sorry, boy. I can imagine how hard that is. Well, this truly is a beautiful gift of great craftsmanship.
1: As you make your way into the lobby of the Teatro Spire, having this conversation, the soldiers are standing by, and as you step in, you can see that some of the other nobility that are walking around are handing over various weapons, most of them daggers, ceremonial-looking, but people are being disarmed as they step in. There are a few large bins or large crates that people are putting their weapons into, and there are guards standing all around them as everyone steps in. And as you step towards this checkpoint, as it were, Praetor Exios Nitros steps up to you and you could see him clearly observing the entire group and looking around with his eyes, trying to run the various processes that are going on here that, again, it seems like he is usually on the outside, handling all of this, being on the inside, the interior and taking care of or being taken care of or guarded in this way is, is not comfortable to him. But he steps forward to you and he says, you will have to Remove your weapons while you are in the theater.
5: How thoroughly does it look like they are searching people?
1: Most of the people coming in here are not very well armed. It is again, mostly ceremonial or cursory, but it's going to take a little bit of doing to sneak in a weapon, especially if it's larger than a dagger.
5: I will remove my rapier from my person. But there is a dagger on my body, and I will make a scene of removing my rapier as if to signify that that is all I have. Make a deception check, please. Let's see if I can roll better than a four. Nope. Uh, Well, yes, I did. I rolled a five, so that's a total of a six.
1: As you put
5: your rapier
1: on the table, and the... Soldier nods at you as you put it down. He seems to not have noticed anything on you, but as you step away, Aranathas is standing right next to you, it says, I think it would be best if you obey the customs. If there should be need for a weapon, I'm sure one as resourceful as you will be able to find one.
5: Henri looks very uncomfortable, but he will quietly remove the dagger and put it on the table and step forward. You should consider it an honor that you
1: are allowed in the presence of the emperor armed to begin with.
5: I stifle a grunt and make it sound like a throat clearing.
1: As you move further into the theater, Daxon, Alatu, looks to you all and bows and says, I have a few things I need to take care of. I may not be able to join you for the entirety of the performance, at least not in the Imperial box. I do hope you will forgive me, Emperor. Emperor, Reddick nods and says, of course, without men like you to do the work, how can men like myself have the time to enjoy the theater? Please. You are excused. Alatu bows and steps away along with his consort. The rest of you are led to a beautiful staircase, splits going in both directions up to a higher level of this theater. The rails are covered in gold leaf. The steps are coated in a luxurious blue carpet almost looks like velvet. As you step onto it, it muffles the sound of footfalls, and very quietly you ascend from this lobby area up to the balcony of this theater. As you reach the top, you are split. Aranathus, the emperor, his wife, his daughter, and Praetor Exios head to the right, and it seems that your seats are going to be on the left. Looking around, you see several guards at key positions, bottom of the steps, top of the steps. You move further into the theater and then to a, another set of stairs that leads up even higher to the private boxes. As you step out into the auditorium, you can look down and see There are bleachers and benches below you that are filling up with people. As you come into this box with very comfortable seats, you could see below you the stage and the pit where the musicians are stationed. And as you take your seats, you could look across the auditorium and see on the exact opposite side from where you are, the emperor, his family, Aranathus, and Praetor Exios Nitros. As you take your seats, is there anything you wish to do?
7: Yes, I would very much like to take the opportunity to scan amongst the instruments and see if there are any that I recognize or any of
1: particular make
7: beyond just uh, finely made, as I would expect.
1: Sure, make a perception check, please. Hmm, that will be a Twelve. You see several instruments that are clearly based on elven design, but most of them seem foreign to you. They have far more instruments that are played with their hands as opposed to with their mouths, which is what you are most, most uh, used to seeing in the various groups of elves that you've been exposed to.
7: Additionally
1: just to be sure that I'm clear.
7: Of our group from the dinner, who other than ourselves would be positioned near us?
1: Near you is just yourselves. Ah. There are many people around as they are taking their seats, but in the immediate area where you are, this royal box, it is just the three of you. In which case, I would lean carefully
7: over to An'Wyr, and whisper into his ear, I think things are going quite well. It seems to me that these noble humans are really not so much different than elves of high standing. They enjoy a good bit of mm, pomp, circumstance, and
5: a well-placed stroking. You should be proud of yourself, Lhasa. You are handling yourself amongst this group remarkably I see, or rather, I smell that you have chosen to partake in the oils left out for us this afternoon. Yes,
7: well, when in Gwynedd?
5: <laughs> well, I'm grateful to know that if you attempt to slip away unnoticed again this evening, you'll be somewhat easier to find. And I smile at you.
7: A very deep crimson starts to spread across his face. Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I... I, I... I think perhaps uh, keeping such outings
5: to a minimum would be advisable. I must admit, Nasa, I'm feeling a bit of anxiety at the prospect of seeing this staged performance. A look of confusion
7: begins to spread across my face and I turn more directly towards my companion. Why would you be concerned with the performance? It should be lovely. Do you not enjoy music?
5: I pause, realizing what I might have just given away. And I shake my head rapidly and say, No, no, you're right, Lhasa, this will be wonderful. Think nothing of it. And I will sit back in my seat and try to still myself with some deep breaths.
1: All right. Farron, anything you wish to do? Or anything you wish to say?
2: Would I have overheard any of this?
1: Possibly. It sounded like they were speaking privately, but...
2: uh, I'd just sit down and look around and
7: take in the surroundings. It's quite a big show, isn't it? Quite possibly the most impressive thing I've ever seen. I I have to admit, I've... Never been able to attend.
2: Oh, nor nor me, boy. Uh, I hope they do refreshments.
7: <laughs> I, I I see you weren't satiated by the the uh, generous feasting, but yeah, we've we've walked quite far since
2: then. I've burnt off a few of those uh, a few of those uh, meals.
7: <laughs> I, I, I suppose that is true, and uh, while I cannot point out any. Wonderful architecture to you I I can say that Some of these instruments clearly have Inspiration from elves Although uh, (laughs) Perhaps it is best I don't say but uh, They're not um, Quite as elegant
2: Oh Elegant are they Uh, I've no idea I've never I've never had the pleasure
7: Well we shall have to remedy that at some point. Uh, when your business is concluded here, perhaps you could join us sometime. I would love that. Oh, surely, though, you must make journey back home. Your wife must be terribly worried for you. You've been gone so many weeks, you said.
2: Yes, Yeah.
7: I, I've, I've been gone a while. I'll, I'll head back soon once
2: business is done here. Uh, where do you boys head back to?
7: Uh, whatever duty would call us next, I would think. I would not presume that our journey will simply end here. My master is,
1: um, well. As you are about to complete that statement, Lhasa, the drums sound from back of the hall and some of the lamps in this well-lit auditorium are extinguished as the orchestra begins to tune and the opera is about to begin. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Dragonlance, Echoes of Crin, Dragons of the Hidden Flood. If you would like to know more about us, please visit our website at lawfulstupidrpg.com. We also invite you to join us for our live streaming games at twitch.tv lawfulstupidrpg. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Until next time, as Solarus Oath farewell.
0: This has been a lawful, stupid RPG production.